Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. Mike Schaefer joined by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts. Coming off of a 13-10 win that didn't even need overtime. We're talking some Huskers today, recapping the Northwestern game. Previewing a little bit the Minnesota game. we got a couple commitments in between our last podcast. We'll get into both Rodney Gross and Ronald Delancey and where things kind of sit for Nebraska as they go forward in this 2020 class. But as you guys have been hearing all week long, it is a one-week season. Right it is. Now. It is. How do you feel about that? That's how we treat our podcast, too. Like a one-week season? Yeah. Everyone's the biggest one. Greg Austin said today that all games are big. You can't have one game bigger than the other because, well, what happens when you get to that game? It's They're, they're all equally as Equally the same size. No Russian T-dolls here. That's, <laughs> uh... That, that, the metaphor was mine, not his. You know, oh, okay. I, I really wanted him to kind of get into the whole Russian <laughs> no, thing. And... No. It's just all similarly... They're like starting lineups. They're all the same size, not the... Mm-hmm. Those things are kind of weird. They are. Yeah. Uh, my grandma had some, and I would just mess around with them. I don't know. I thought you starting lineups for a minute, which would be pretty awesome. Oh, well, that would have been pretty cool. I had like a Richard nice. Dent. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Dan Quisenberry one Did you? randomly. Yeah. Did you throw them like, down here? Yeah. It was I awesome. opted for more of the football ones than I did the baseball ones. I had like a, a collection of bad 90s quarterbacks, I'm pretty sure, headlined by Jeff Blake. <laughs> I'm 95% sure I have a Mike Tomzak. Um, starting lineup in addition to, to, to most of the Denver Broncos ones that I own. But it, there's like a one. I have Richard Dent. There's Andre Tippett, who is a linebacker for the Patriots, for you young kids out there. And uh, it, it's a mishmash. Do they not make them anymore? I don't think so. No, I think they're what just a sort joke. of gone. Schaefer bought me one for Christmas. I did. I bought him a... Uh, <laughs> I didn't get anything. A Jose Canseco. <laughs> this was before... Yeah, okay. uh, but I'm a Jose Canseco Christmas ornament that was really just a starting lineup guy with a hook put through his head. <laughs> it's a pretty so, nice gift, It was basically actually. like a fishing hook, too. It was very, <laughs> very, <laughs> like a guy was doing that in his garage and then putting it on Etsy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like three ninety nine on eBay. It seemed like a great gift. <laughs> I like how we jumped into starting a lineup talk. Yeah. yeah that well. was good. All right, let's uh, let's let's Speaking get back lineup. to uh, let's get back to the game. Nebraska's game against Northwestern uh, was as weird as those games always are for whatever reason. They're always uh, among the strangest games that you will go across whenever you review a season, and you're just like pull a year and you just say 2017 Northwestern, and you know that means a an overtime game in which Nebraska blew a lead on a what third and nine where they just threw the the inside route on Jeremiah Stovall, went down, scored. Nebraska did nothing on offense the rest of the game. Northwestern wins by a field goal. That's just how it works. This time, Nebraska loses its quarterback. Both teams have kicker problems. There's an interception that could have uh, could have been removed because of a potential pass interference, which would have created a very uh, clenched atmosphere in Memorial Stadium with Northwestern probably about 25 yards away from field goal range then at that point. Mm-hmm. So Nebraska comes out. What... Uh, <laughs> Where do you even begin with takeaways in this game, Brian? My first thing is they won, and that's a, they're a survive and advance team right now. So you can't get into style points or, oh, that didn't look pretty enough. 
Nebraska football is at this point where there's going to be a lot of grumbling during games about this and that and why does this look like that, and it's all understandable. But you almost have to step back from it like 10 minutes after the game and say, did they win? Okay, they won. You know, Let's see if they can find a way to piece it together next week and get a win. And so that's the biggest thing. The defense played really well and has mostly played well this season, uh, save for the one drive in the third quarter. And, uh, and honestly, even though they only got the one takeaway, what I liked is that they were, they were scrapping for takeaways in that second half and could have had two others, but some bad luck kind of got in the way. One point, Schaefer and I just looked at each other down on the sideline like, do these guys get, catch a break? When uh, I think Colin Miller ripped the ball out. It was either him or JoJo Doman. Yeah. And the guy just lands and, on the – like yeah. it pops up and lands There's right There's three Huskers there. Yeah. And the ball like ro- it comes right back to him and as he's tumbling, like doing a somersault. Yeah. Um, so that sort of stuff has not always gone their way. But a few things did finally break Nebraska's way. And no apologies, but the uh, concern about w- halfway through the season, what can we say this offense does well – or what is their staple? That's valid because I don't know what the answer is. Brunt, kind of, they're kind of held together by duct tape at this point. Like yeah. it's, it, everything feels like a, lot, a starting lineup figure. A sometimes. lot harder than it needed to be. Yeah, once the dog got a hold of it or something, starting lineup Michael Jordan was done for. Those bats were flimsy. They were. <laughs> um, I, 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 I kind of to echo what Brian said. I mean, the the defense played well enough to win and actually closed out a. Or, or helped to close out a game like that. Um, I mean, you, you've won that game without Adrian Martinez in the fourth quarter, without uh, J.D. Spielman for the second half. You didn't have Khalil Davis, and we're leaning a little bit more heavily on guys like Ben Stilley. I think he played over 70 snaps, he said, in that game. Um, so, you know, you, I don't know. It's, it's Northwestern. You kind of feel good about winning that game if you're Nebraska and it's being played at Memorial Stadium. And I, for the life of me, still do not know how that Lane McCallum kick got through the line. Like, it looked like it was slightly tipped. and it went through a guy's legs, I believe. Yeah, I, I, somehow it went around the line, <laughs> like down towards the edge and around that way and up. Um, it's like a boomerang. Yeah. Is um, there like a video, some of those sports video games where you could like make a pitch to like go like, yeah. You know, way out and yeah. come back in the zone. It, it was basically <laughs> like a wiffle ball pitch. So, you know, that that's kind of where Nebraska's at right now is you, they needed to win that game. It, these two games are, in spite of what Greg Austin says, huge for Nebraska's uh, postseason chances and where they want to go. And you, you win this week against Minnesota, and all of a sudden Nebraska's looking like a pretty intriguing team in the West. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, this is a a big opportunity for them to kind of cement themselves as, at worst, the third team in the Big Ten West or maybe even first or second. Uh, So this this game against Minnesota for sure is an opportunity to kind of stack up where, you know, your potential bowl spot could be, where your aspirations of Indianapolis. I mean, if you don't win this game, chances of going to Indy to me are pretty small. Uh, So there's, there's a lot on the line on Saturday, and as Brian kind of said, and, and going back to just winning last weekend was huge. I mean, it so much didn't go their way in that game in terms of you had a couple key injuries of J.D. Spielman, obviously Adrian Martinez. You missed on several opportunities. There was a missed field goal. Northwestern missed a field goal. They couldn't 
get them to turn the ball over until late. Uh, it even even that Wandale play where just kind of a a bizarrely creative shovel pitch that looks like it should go for a touchdown. It almost looked like the turf monster got him a little bit, and he stumbles, and then he gets caught. And so it's just been kind of that year a little bit for Nebraska. And so to to come out with a win, I think, was big. Um, Very curious. What have you guys heard this week as we we kind of turn the page towards Minnesota a little bit? We obviously will have the hype cast coming up where we'll go deep dive into what it looks like on either side of the ball. But what have you heard the status regarding Adrian Martinez and and the situation at quarterback? And then what about J.D. Spielman as well? Uh, Both, as of Wednesday, both Adrian and J.D. suited up for practice. Now, people are going to see that and get all excited. I would tone it down. Um, I don't know that they did a lot. I'm not saying, I I don't know. Um, They might have done nothing. I mean, I could have. You know, in theory, I, they could dress me up in a uniform, and I, I would wear it well. Is this a pitch? I'm, you... Yeah, like on the side. I mean, I could have stood there on a Wednesday practice in a uniform, and mm-hmm. I'm still not going to play. If they give you a one-bar thing, and they kind of dressed you up, you'd look like, like a, a kicker, like and Reggie you could be Roby? like a, yeah. Yeah. You could be a, the potential walk-on kicker to save the day. Yes, possibly. Um, might need him. My bet, my bet is no on both. That's just my bet, and I... There's 72 long hours from when we're doing this until then, and a lot can happen. And especially, who knows, maybe somebody can be available in an emergency situation. It's like, this is not going well. You know, let's throw him out there and see if he can give us a spark type of deal. Uh, But you also, I know Scott Frost said this week the bye doesn't factor into this decision at all. But I think in some ways it has to be in your mind a little bit, right? That you think like, okay, if, if this injury, if he can't play his his full game, Adrian, that is, um, if you give him this week, he gets two full weeks, and and then you have him for a stretch run. And obviously, this is a big game, but I, I do think that has to be at least part of the conversation. Yeah, I I would uh, be sitting pretty firmly in the camp that I don't think Adrian plays this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're already to Wednesday indications are that he hasn't done much at all in practice um and you know scott frost said he's gonna have to practice a little bit and i i don't think that it's i I would be very surprised to see him out there and you know i I think noah vedrill is more than capable of running that offense um i thought he looked he looked in control and that's more than you can say about a lot of nebraska backup quarterbacks the last few years and I, i think that you know you can kind of piece together something and i think that in all honesty, the the lousy weather I think kind of plays into into the hands of Nebraska a little bit in that situation because I, I think that you would be it's going to force Nebraska I think to edit their offense a little bit based on what they would call. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I want to talk about Luke McCaffrey a little bit too because yeah. I think he's interesting because I think he's the first example since we've had this red shirt rule where you can play four games of a guy where you can actually potentially. I use that word potentially, game plan or strategize around a kid who you know you're going to redshirt for a week or two. You know, most of these guys, like a Miles Farmer type, he's going to play in four games, but it's it's mostly not that they can't help you win, but it's to just kind of get their feet wet. This is what it's like playing in that environment. Go play some special teams. In this case, you could get a speed option like McCaffrey and say, we're going to actually devise – 
something in our game plan against Minnesota that we think could throw them a curveball. And we will use him for this game and this game, and you kind of plan it out where he's actually a big part of the strategy. So that's really interesting to me. This is the first time we're seeing that rule where it could actually have an impact like that. And I, I think this is a week you – they seem to believe in him. Players believe in him. He wants to go out there. He's fast. I think he's worth, uh, you know, kicking the tires on and seeing what he can do. I know that on Monday my general thought process after Frost talked about it is that I thought that they would have Adrian play. Because it doesn't sound like this is as severe of the injury as the one that he had against Colorado, which kept him out for the week against Troy, and then they brought him back for Michigan. But the idea with that buy right behind it and the fact that you're going to need him for those final five games to get you to wherever you want to go, whether that's a bowl game or beyond, it does really lean towards if they're extra cautious with it because you don't want to make things worse. I could see where if you have Maurice Washington and you have these other guys that you just try to figure out how that you can win this game with your athletes in a different variety than just with Adrian Martinez. So um, I'm not as confident in Noah Vedral as, as seemingly Bruns is. Uh, I'm kind of surprised, but not really, by the amount of people that have immediately said that he looked better than Adrian has. He had, what, seven rushes for 33 yards? I mean, Adrian had nine for 28. Uh, you know, he was two of five. His one throw to Wandale was more of Wandale. Made. Like, the reason that throw stands out is he went down the field, which is something Nebraska hadn't done most of the game. But he also sort of had to in that instance. Wandale made a really nice catch on that, too. I mean, I'm not saying that Noah can't go into Minnesota and have a good game or run this offense competently. I just think that in a bigger sample size, we're really going to see some limitations of what it does with this offense. But if they have Maurice Washington and, and you can do some things with Wandale, and I like what Brian said about Luke McCaffrey, I think there are ways that you can game plan this thing to be pretty interesting against Minnesota. I'm not saying he's, you know. No, and I didn't say that you yeah. were. Other people definitely have. Yeah. No, I think, I think though, that when you look at when Nebraska's had to go to the bullpen at, at the quarterback spot, I mean, we saw. It's just a dumpster rolling out there, we went on fire. We saw Troy last against Troy last year. I mean, you, you saw kind of what happened back and forth with Tommy and uh, Ron Kellogg in 2013. I mean, they just, I think he's the best backup option that Nebraska's had in some time. And I, I think part of, a large part of that, though, is just, you know, he, he's, I think he's a little bit better athlete than what he gets credit for, but I think also just the fact that he's basically been in that offense for yeah. what, three, four years. I mean, third year, yeah. yeah. He's very confident, too. I mean, yeah. he's not He's not going to be gun-shy. He's not going to be timid when he's out there. I mean, I, I, I do think that that bodes well. Uh, oh, you mentioned you don't think Spielman's going to play. That's just my bet. I mean, yeah. um, I, I don't. It's hard to gauge on that him. I mean, I don't know exactly how serious it was that you and with this staff, and that's fine. Right. You're not going to get any clues about it. Um, I do know Spielman's the type of guy who he's going to push it to the end. Like especially up there. Yeah, I will bet you money. Like Friday night, he's like saying I can go. You know, Saturday morning. Um, 
And so they, someone might have to tap them on the shoulder, like uh, the old uh, We Are Marshall scene, be like, you're not going, you know. That's a, that's a sad scene, by the way. Like, I haven't thought of that movie in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Brun shaking his head. disgusting. Have you yeah. it all over wow. his face. Have you referenced that movie recently? I feel no, like you, I haven't. Maybe on what the is car this, ride? the Austin Allen of movie references no, like, now? I think of the car ride, you were you made like a different We Are Marshall reference. <laughs> like it, It's kind of like you're, you're well, you, you keep going Did to. you see? I don't think I did. <laughs> and did you see how disgusted he yeah. was? No, it was. It was like I said the most off-putting comment I ever. was trying to place it in my head what the scene <laughs> Brunch, was. Brunch usually masks things pretty well. Like I've Yeah, seen he him, was just like. I've seen him mask some stuff pretty well, but that comment he did not. He almost like a big crap sandwich. Threw his mic down. Yeah. yeah. No. Wow. The guy's I, shoulders. I don't, I don't remember that. The scene. guy. Uh, the guy who's become kind of a big star now. Um, Kurt sh- Dukes. He was <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> was he really? Yeah, he was an extra. <laughs> well, on that, like the opposing team. No, he was a he was a marshal. Um, oh. Extra. I did not know that. Yeah. There's your movie trivia. <laughs> That's interesting. You should know that if you keep going to that well. <laughs> I have not gone to that well. <laughs> no wonder he's so just. <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about now, but um, no Spielman. Um, I he's gonna want to play. You're right, because it's it's his home and and all that. So that that that'll be his last chance to play in there. Yeah, I think Maurice Washington. We we should talk about too because yeah. Um. Obviously, he's got to get he's got to get his crap together. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Like he's got to get it off the field and on the field. And we don't know the specifics of why he was suspended the first half. But what's what was fascinating to me in that Northwestern game was late in the fourth quarter when Nebraska really only had one, who's going to, who's going to win it, Wandale and then who else? Uh, Maurice wasn't out there. And so he's got to gain some trust back and uh, Bruns can, can add on here. Cause he actually talked to Ryan held on Wednesday or listened to him. Um, What's yeah, kind did you of not talk to him? We well, talked. I'm sure he did. I didn't mean like. But what what did uh, what did he say with Washington? Yeah, basically that you know Ryan Held said that they're challenging him um, a lot in practice this week to play a full four quarters. Um, you know he was suspended for the first uh, half last week, and you know Held kind of talked about this is a game where they're really going to need him, and. He even joked. He said, in, in order to get him get him going, Ryan Held said he was going to break a beer bottle over his own head to get Maurice fired up, um, which you know that seemed oddly specific. I was I, I was going to ask him if he'd ever done it before. Uh, but like, he, Ern- who was that that did that? The recruit, Ernest Suttles. Yeah, Ernest Suttles. Yeah, Ernest Suttles style. Yeah, David Santos. <laughs> David Santos. Yeah, right across the dome. Um, <laughs> that's that's not a joking matter. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's they're they're hoping to get, you know, Maurice being Maurice and and Held said that honestly he felt that Maurice had kind of answered the call this week in practice. Uh we'll see how much he plays on Saturday because he it's I mean when was the last full game he played? Before Illinois, right? Colorado. Yeah. He's played one full game this year out of 6. Yep. So, I mean you you get him for Three quarters. Um, I mean that that helps you if you have a backup quarterback in there quite a bit. He's got to be Colorado Maurice. I think he's he to me might be the biggest key to Nebraska winning Saturday. Agreed. Like, I think I think he's got to get out of whatever cloud he's under, 
and play ball and be that dynamic guy he is. And even if he, it's just one or two explosives that kind of like when the game's teetering, it puts Nebraska where they need to be, that's what has to happen. Who was uh, the new player mentioned by Nebraska's offensive coaches that we might see this week? Well, Cade Warner got a little mention. All from, right, it's Cade Warner week. From uh, it's coming off of Jaron Woodyard week. Well, he's uh, he's still it's still it's still Jaron Woody. Woodyard week. It's still uh, Darian Chase Darian Chase month. I think. I really haven't heard a whole lot on Darian Chase. Every week, Troy Walters, Darian Chase is in the mix, getting some runs with the ones, and we never. These see guys him. must have the most amazing practices, you know, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting reps. He didn't say they were good reps. <laughs> Fair. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll see. Cade Warner being in there potentially uh, is a new face, but as an outside wide receiver, didn't get into that. Okay. Because um, I know on that initial depth chart, he would have been like listed in the slot. I think. Yeah, he he could be a guy that if if can play both. If JD doesn't go, could potentially help you there a little bit. So um, we'll see. I mean, the, those were the the named check name-checked guys that we got today in the wide receiver group. Uh, so I'm fully expecting Conovay Noah to play about 90 snaps in that game. <laughs> Here's yeah. a question for you guys. How do you get prepared for cold games? Do you go? Are you more of the Fleckian school of thought where you go, you, you, you dip in your hands in cold water buckets, dip, dip, put, get, get put your balls laptop. wet? During I, practice? I put my laptop in a cold tub and <laughs> get it out. Just type a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Eat some ice cream? That guy is something else. Did you see that little you clip? Think he's actually doing this? They, I, he said there's secret stuff that they're doing. The secret oh, stuff, Michael. Like the Space Jam You think he's like stuff? injecting whale blubber? <laughs> if, if he could just like tone it down some, I think people could respect the fact that he's actually a pretty good coach. But the fact that he has to go full-on Lyle Landley monorail salesman every time there's a camera or a microphone anywhere near its face just takes away whatever he actually accomplishes on the football field. And it just it blows me away. Like, I, they're 5-0. and They're an ugly 5-0, and but they're 5-0 and nonetheless. Could be A lot of people didn't think they would get to 5-0. and They had a good year last year when they were able to turn it around after an ugly loss to Illinois. Uh, you know, you look at the... The records of these teams over their last, what, 12 games respectively for each, it's pretty good. And yet, every time you talk about Minnesota, it's always something dumb P.J. Fleck has said. Like, it just, I'm relatively thankful I don't cover that week in and week out. It's like the opposite of Mike Leach, who says weird things all the time, but they're endearing and fun. Mm -hmm. Whereas with P.J. Fleck, they're nonsensical and just bizarre. I I think he's a good coach, but I'm with you. He he's not easy to like. Uh, although I did sit down, I watched him at Big Ten Media Days. I kind of sat over there for like three minutes and five minutes watched it. And I actually think I don't even think it's an act. Actually, I just think he's like a Red Bull guy, and that's how he is. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was an act at some point, and it's just the act. <laughs> it's like he he took on this character so long ago that he the can't. The persona has become the person. Yeah. But between him talking and the that little setup that they had in there in that basement hotel. Right. Did Did you feel like you were like being sold a timeshare, like <laughs> uh, like an airport ramada? A little bit. He's he's very much he's definitely not my 
cup of tea, but and I wonder what the guys in his locker room actually think of it because I it seems like it would get old. Yeah, and also like kids are pretty good about reading kind of what they might perceive as phony or something. But you know what? They're five and zero. Yeah, um, he's a good coach. Like I, I think he's legitimately a good coach. I think he's the type of coach where if they have a they will too. They'll have a bad year where it just goes to heck, and it's going to be rough for him because he won't his personality during like a well, wasn't four, that year zero. During, well, there like I'm talking though like you get to year four or five or something and you throw a four and eight or something out there and it's not going your way, and you have injuries and all that stuff, it will not – I don't think his personality will play very well. But – All right. Well, we will uh, We'll have plenty more on Minnesota in the, the hype cast at the end of the week. We're going to talk about cold balls in the hype cast. I'm going to be fascinated what predictions you guys have, both your oddly <laughs> specific ones in which the name Austin Allen will not be mentioned, um, or – your uh, your game predictions, because this one is, I think, very tough to figure out either of these two teams at the moment. Anyways, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, I am going to talk at you about Nebraska's two newest commitments, Rodney Gross, Ronald Delancey. We'll get into where things are at recruiting-wise, uh, and we'll see what else is up there. Maybe Brunt will talk a little fall baseball. They start this week he seems confused we, we may not talk fall baseball i don't know i'm more confused by brian than brian's marshall reference <laughs> you were disgusted by <laughs> brian's marshall reference all right all of that more when we come back this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back! That was exciting, wasn't it, folks? All right, let's talk some recruiting. Nebraska picked up linebacker Rodney Gross on Friday, which was not a pretty well-kept secret. Um, I think people expected that to happen. He tweeted out after his visit that he was going to commit, usually a pretty good sign that he's going to commit to the last place he visited. Though, Nebraska being Nebraska, we've seen that happen a couple times this year where Nebraska was the last visit and the kid ended up going up somewhere else. But uh, Rodney Gross picks Nebraska inside linebacker, a huge position of need in this class, the first one to commit to the Huskers. He is, uh, you know, as I've talked with John Garcia and some other people, he's kind of best described as, as a downhill thumper. I mean, he's someone that I think fits in the, the Big Ten landscape with how uh, you want to play north-south against some teams like a Minnesota at times, like Iowa and Wisconsin and Michigan State and Northwestern. Uh, he's maybe not the guy you're going to want on the field in a super spread out offense, but he's someone that I think can help in that regard. He's a very confident kid. He's got a lot of similarities to me 
that Mo Berry sort of had, at least from just how he talks and how he carries himself. And this is a guy that really wants to win. Um, I think he is someone that is going to put in the work. I don't think you're going to worry about him, you know, during the week. And you can't really have enough of those guys in your program. I mean, he's going to have to show it on the field, just like Mo has had to show it on the field and has to continue to show it on the field. But I, I do think that Rodney Gross is going to be a nice guy to have in that regard. He's going to be a good player in that regard, too, with uh, with the – Sorry, Brian was shaking his head and it threw not, me off. Not about you. Yeah. You're doing well. Well, no, I, yeah, I assumed going. it wasn't about me, but it still threw me off because oh, I assumed something had happened. Um, Rodney Gross is also going to be kind of a valuable guy as Nebraska continues to recruit Alabama. He's connected in that state. He wants to be involved in the peer recruiting process. Nebraska obviously wants to go into Alabama as much as possible, and they would love to get uh, Jackson Bratton, the teammate of Logan Smothers and a future uh, inside linebacker at the college level uh, to, to play with Rodney Gross. And so you know he's going to be trying to work on that. They were on the visit together. So Gross is a, a nice addition. And then Ronald Delancey occurred on Tuesday morning. He went ahead and made that commitment. He had visited Nebraska the same weekend Gross had. Previously was committed to Louisville but ended up uh, decommitting from there after the Nebraska visit. A good sign. He's got a great relationship with Travis Fisher. I wrote about this yesterday. I think Fisher does a really good job of evaluations. I think he has kind of benchmarks, both personality-wise, physically, and on film that he wants guys to meet, or he's going to just take you off of his board. He doesn't care if the consensus is that you're a future can't-miss star, if there's some things he doesn't like in your profile, he'll move on. He'll find other guys. I mean, he's, he's pretty apt to say that there's all sorts of players in the NFL and they run all kinds of different, um, you know, numbers in the combines and all of that things or all of that stuff. But a lot of it has to do with how coachable they are and how motivated they are. And we've seen with guys like Braxton Clark and Cam Taylor, we've seen what he's done with Lamar Jackson, someone who has immense talent, uh, DiCaprio Boodle. He gets a lot out of his players. The guys who are willing to put in on it, they're going to get a lot out of it, and I think Nebraska is going to benefit a lot from that. And Ronald Delante is someone that sits on the low end of the three-star curve. And so the, the fascinating thing to me, talk to Andrew Ivins or Steve Wilpong, who just looked at his film again yesterday, I think that guy's headed for a bump in recruiting. I mean, they like the aggressiveness. They like that he goes up and goes and gets the football. They like that he's physical. He carries himself like a guy who wants to hit. He carries himself like a guy who wants to be involved on every play. I mean, we used to talk about DiCaprio Boodle being very scrappy, even though he was undersized. Ronald Delancey is very scrappy. He's going to bring that from his high school game to college. He's going to bring it in a little bit bigger of a frame and a, and a guy that I think they think can stick at corner uh, throughout his time at the college level. So two defensive pickups there for Nebraska brings him to 13 commitments. Uh, I think that they'll add – to that class more here in the month of October. Uh, I I said that I thought they'd be right around 14 commitments coming out of the bye week, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more news here coming up. Uh, they had a good visit weekend with Northwestern. They had Justin Robinson out here. They had um, William Nixon and Alex Kahn and Xavier Betts, and then Alex Harrison, the big nose tackle out of Utah. And so Harrison and Robinson, the two guys not committed, uh, they put a lot of time into those two. They're going to be interesting. Both of them are going to take this thing into December, but I think Nebraska did a really nice job on the visit. Now it's going to be about how do you build that relationship going forward. 
Mike, would you? How many more are we looking at in the, the defensive backfield? What's I the think, What's the number there? I think they're looking at four total, maybe five if they get two high end guys. You know, people you don't want to turn away. So uh, you look at the list, and this is out there on Husker twenty four seven for those that are members. And if you're not, missed out on a hell of a deal. But you can still sign up anytime. Get VIP membership. Get all of our great stuff. Get the recruiting. Get the inside team info. All of it. Uh, if if you are a VIP member, I put out a list of the guys Nebraska's kind of looking through right now for their next and possibly last defensive back. Some good names in there. I mean, uh, I don't obviously people know Miles Slusher. Uh, they've heard of Darian Green Warren. There's some other four-star guys in there that Nebraska has a little bit legitimate chance to host, and I think that's the first step. And if it goes well on that visit, then they maybe have a chance to pull them in as well. Who knows? They could end up with four defensive backs out of Florida. So. They're certainly going to be working on it. So, two more defensive additions. Um, Thirteen total in the class. Thirteen total in the class. What would you say where you stand right now is is still probably the biggest need for what they uh, have not yet. What box is not checked? Yeah, this is a this is a great question and something I that I am going to uh, to write about this week Sweet. as well. So also uh, on the website. Also on the website, okay. which you can get at Husker twenty four seven as a VIP member. Um, I'd say the biggest thing, well, I'm going to take your question and turn it a little bit differently because I think it works in the same way. I think the single biggest remaining target is Caden Caden Johnson. And I think the single biggest remaining need is still outside linebacker. And so it's easy to just kind of talk about how Caden Johnson, to me, is the big target that they want to go get. They especially don't want him to end up at Wisconsin. They already missed out on several linebackers that Wisconsin ended up with that I think they wanted. Um... He is a, a talented guy. You throw him with, with Blaze Gunnarsson. Those are two great outside linebackers. I think they're going to take three total outside linebackers, two inside linebackers. So it's a big linebacker class. So I think outside linebacker is the, the biggest need. And then there's still some other ones out there, and I'm going to write about that. But uh, outside linebacker still strikes me as kind of the biggest thing left, especially they went and got an inside linebacker. They've added to their, their defensive backs. They've, their last three commitments have been defensive players. So they're, they're doing it on the defensive side of the ball, but um, there's still some other things there that they, they've got to shore up as well. The uh, two things. You wrote, you wrote about Travis Fisher the other day, which was a good piece. Um, and just his, basically, he's stayed true to exactly who he said he was going to be as a recruiter when we first met him, you know, right after he got the job here. So that's interesting to me if, if you want to, expound as you will on on his what he's done but also you know the what they're doing in florida they're they're finding their way there again um which i think we kind of expected would happen with this staff at some point and it it, now it's it's happening and they're getting miami area kids and and that's kind of a nice deal well yeah and and they kind of link together i mean so you got three defensive backs out of florida one orlando two out of miami braxton clark's out of florida um you know and and i it kind of all ties together. Talking with Braxton Clark uh, earlier this week, he mentioned you know the conversations that he would have when these kids would be on campus, and a lot of it was they immediately wanted to know how bad the weather was. But then they wanted to know about Travis Fisher because Clark even kind of said this, compared to the other defensive back coaches that recruit you or that you spend time around, he carries himself a little bit different. And so they, he really likes Travis Fisher, obviously, 
Um, and, and I feel like defensive backs connect to Travis Fisher a lot because it's, it's kind of that adage of he's all about football. Like he, he doesn't care about what your social media life is like. He doesn't care about what's happening away from, from that. He cares about getting you ready for football, going and competing, carrying yourself with chip on your shoulder. I think that you see constantly the defensive backs that end up with him are the ones that feel like they've been discounted for various reasons, whether they are either haven't played the position enough or they're not big enough or they're not fast enough, but they do several things. They compete on every play, and they hit. And I think that if you go look through the guys that he's recruited, they don't shy away from contact. And so I, I, I think that that just all adds into what it is that he said that he was going to go recruit, what he built at UCF, which continues to have – top-end defensive backs that they're putting into the NFL, starting with his time there and now continuing on with whoever took over the room that he left him. And he wants to do that at Nebraska. And it had to start with him building some depth, and I think he's done that. You look at the class he brought in in 2019, you add it with the 2020 group, there's a lot of safeties and corners that are going to learn both positions there and ultimately settle in, and they're going to be better off for it. I always forget, what's the number – First off, for the sky is falling crowd that was out there like a month ago when they were ranked like mid 60s, they're now 29th, so they're they're rolling up high. Um, but what what's the the number you see in this class? I think they're going to end up with 23. That's kind of the number that 22, 23, right around there. Uh, they're at 13 right now, so I kind of have 10 spots left in my head um, as to to where they're going to move. A lot of that is going to be on the defensive side of the ball still. I mean, they, they only have one defensive lineman. They have two linebackers. They have three defensive backs. So there's still some more defenders to go out there and get, especially if they end up with the five linebackers I'm projecting, and, and they're going to add some more defensive linemen as well. So I I think that it's going to look good at the end of the year with where this recruiting class finishes. It just was a strange cycle. I mean, one thing I want to get into while we're talking recruiting, they've done a tremendous job of getting 2021 guys to campus. I mean, they had a kid from Utah here this past weekend uh, in Omerian Fa'amo. I think that's sounds That close. sounds right to me. Uh, thank you. Um, and he loved it. I mean, he's a, he's a defensive lineman from Utah that already has, I think, the Utes and BYU and LSU offers. He wanted to come out and see Nebraska. He's planning on taking an official visit here when he gets a chance uh, really likes Tony Tuioti, basically said to him that he felt like Nebraska reminded him of Utah in every way but the mountains. He loved the people. He loved the commitment to football. He loved the uh, the atmosphere. Better and beer here, though. He just, uh, well, I don't know if that's true or not, but you're not a big Wasatch guy? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's the, literally the only beer company I can name out of Utah, by the way. Uh, he said the only thing is there'd be no mountains, so... Uh, and he's far from the only 2021 guy that's left campus excited about what he's seen. I mean, Avante Dickerson isn't going to give you the super, like, showy quote about how much he loved everything, but when he says he talks with this staff every day and when he's told me in the past that his best relationships in college football right now are Travis Fisher and Jack Cooper, that bodes really well for Nebraska. That's a top 50 player in 2021, right in Omaha, you know, and I, th- I think they're going to get them. I think it's going to mm-hmm. take a little time, but I think they're going to eventually get 
Avante Dickerson. And then you got those guys over in Iowa. It's going to be a banner year in 2021 in Iowa. You see Nebraska rolling up three, four commitments out of the state of Iowa, uh, including T.J. Bowlers or Griffin Lytle or Henry Ludovsky or Thomas Fedone or Brody Breck. And there's just so much talent over there. And they've had them all over multiple times. So they, I think they're really setting themselves up to kind of explode in 2021. They've just got to be able to put this 2020 class to bed. And someone on the board, um, I don't know, Swimtown Mafia, I think, posted that they need to average a commitment a week in order to get to December and be at 20. That feels like a stretch when you're coming off of such long periods of time where they don't get commitments. Mm -hmm. But one thing that has been intimated to me by this staff multiple times is they feel like they operate in flurries, that they get guys and then it just starts to roll a little bit. And then they go through the long stretches where they don't. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had a few more this month and then certainly some in November. I think the Wisconsin game is going to be another potential big visit weekend for them. One of the good peer recruiters I've noticed is Henry Gray. I mean, really? He, yeah, well, just like he's on social media. I'm just basing Active this off of But, I mean, he is just in guys, you know, kitchen about it. Like, get get here. So, I mean, that's always good. Henry Gray sold Ronald Delancey, I think, on taking the visit. Delancey didn't really want to say that, uh, but he said he definitely reached out to Gray prior to coming to the Ohio State game and setting up the visit and being like, what did you like so much? Mm-hmm. And got him here and got him committed. So two guys from Miami. They played each other, I think, last week. So, all right. Uh, Brunch, do you want to talk any baseball, or do we just want to pretend like I never said that? We can talk a little bit. It, red white. You at least mention the recruiting. They're red hot. Yeah, it's uh, you're you're kind of getting the what happens when you have a new coaching staff. Uh, a lot of roster turnover in terms of new guys and future classes. And, and baseball is a type of sport where you have to recruit, you know, two three classes ahead. And uh, just briefly, I guess what we've kind of seen from Will Bolton and his staff is they've done a really nice job. I think of targeting guys that they want to go after. They've been extremely aggressive with bringing guys to campus um, I, I've been pretty impressed it seems like every football game there's just a line of baseball recruits on the sidelines and and that was something that the, the Darren Erstad staff did well I think but I, I've been really impressed with Lance Harvell and, and what he's done as a recruiting coordinator um, you know it's it's obvious that he's got experience doing that um, and he's hit a lot of areas um, you know they, they came in with came in with a plan to target Nebraska kids that's going to be what they're going to build their team around but you know they pulled some pretty good players out of Kansas City which is an area that I think Nebraska has to be good in and can be good in uh and and the the last thing that they've done I I think is is they've really made junior college recruiting a priority um you've seen a couple of uh commits out of the junior college ranks um the the last few days and and baseball is a little bit of a different different animal when it comes to the junior college ranks, because a lot of times guys aren't going there because they lack grades. It's uh, they need at bats or they, they didn't have enough offers out of high school. So they, they want to see if they can kind of, you know, reset their recruitment a little bit. And, you know, the, the, for a while at Nebraska, it was, it was tough to recruit the junior college ranks because of uh, policy and, and just kind of what was uh, passed along to the coaching staffs. And, I think that, you know, the fact that Lance Harvell has experience with a lot of those junior college uh, areas. Will Bolt was a junior college coach. Jeff Christie uh, was a junior college product. Uh, all that stuff matters. And the most recent one was Stacy Bailey, uh, a junior college uh, third baseman out of 
uh, Navarro College in Texas, perfect example of this. A guy from a small town in Texas goes to the junior college ranks as a freshman, hits 11 home runs and 71 RBIs in 56 games. Uh, th- those are the guys that I, I think Nebraska has to be able to add, and I, I think they've done a nice job of uh, really just you know starting to fill the ranks. And when you're, you're a new staff, you're taking you're taking over um, and, and kind of want to put your spin on things. I think you kind of have to, to dump the roster a little bit, and that's what they're doing. All right. Well, let's uh, let's close this thing out. Get to Husker twenty four seven. We got all the coverage this week. It's going to be an interesting bye week. I know Nebraska is going to be out on the road quite a bit. I'm planning on having a lot of recruiting stuff during the bye week, so you aren't going to want to venture too far away from Husker 24/7. This is going to be a weirdly interesting game, as they all seem to be in the Big Ten West every week anymore. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. These guys might have a better idea of what's going to happen. We are going to discuss it anyways on the Husker Hypecast on Friday. But, as always, we will be back next week with another full podcast. And we might even have uh, a post-game podcast on Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, the third shift. The third shift. That's what it's going to be. I actually like that. That's a good name. Was that that's you? Yeah. That was your idea? Yeah. Well done. Nothing, nothing we are Marshall related with the name? <laughs> no? All right, fine. Third shift it is. All right, well, we'll be back on Friday with the Hypecast, and then we'll have the third shift on Saturday, and then our regularly scheduled Wednesday podcast will resume next week, even with the bye. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.